Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Doe's Nose. This episode is being brought to you in part by our friends at Kona Boys, Hurley, Oakley, GoPro, Kona Coffee and Tea, Maverick Sport Fishing, Deuce Gem, Original Nutritionals, Mokalele Airlines, and once again, Green Superfood Brew. And I'm really excited about the Green Superfood Brew because, you know, these guys are legit. They're based out of Kailua over on Oahu, and their mission is to help support healthy and active lifestyles with their organic and kick-ass beverage. Um, Green, which is uh, GR3EN Superfood Brew, is a go-to beverage for surfers, divers, hunters, pretty much anyone who lives an action-packed lifestyle. This certified organic brew contains powerful green tea to give you a natural boost. It's got hydrating coconut water to keep you going strong all day and kale to keep your body loaded up with those phytonutrients. Look guys, if you haven't tried green superfood brew yet, you seriously don't know what you're missing. But good news, the boys at Green believe in the product so much that they're willing to let you try it for free. There is a Doe's Nose special going on. All you gotta do is just go to their website and that's at gr3en.org. Use the promo code DOZER3 and you can get three cans for free right now. All you got to do is pay the flat rate USPS shipping, which is only a couple of bucks, and you get three cans delivered to your door. This stuff sells for around three bucks a can in the stores. So here's your chance to get three cans for free. And you can find out firsthand what this super functional beverage can do for you. Me personally, I love the way it makes me feel. And I'm confident that you will too. So try three for free today. Just go to their website. That's gr3en.org. Use the code DOZER3 and get a three-can trial pack for free. There is also a link on the Dozenos website where you can do that as well. So check it out. Um, got a bunch of stuff coming up this week. Super excited because this Saturday at Laverne's, we have Donovan Frankenrider and his band going to be rocking it. You can still get tickets. Just go to DovePresents.com. That's Dove like the bird. Presents.com. Get your tickets for the show. It's going to sell out fast. Also on February 27th, we have Citizen Cope solo acoustic show uh, at Laverne's as well. Um, hit me up for tickets or just go straight down to Humpy's or Laverne's and get your tickets there. Um, also, we're going to be on Maui for two shows at Fleetwoods. Um, that's Mick Fleetwoods Club over in Lahaina. It's gonna be rocking. So much fun, can't wait. Hope to see each and every one of you guys there. Um, got a special episode this week. It's uh, my buddy, Alan. Alan is a pilot. Uh, he's got all kinds of cool stories. He's also the owner and developer of Green uh, Superfood Brew. Um, he's going to tell us all about this good stuff and why you guys should be drinking it. So let's give Alan a big welcome to Joe's Now.
Alan, welcome to Dose Nose. Right on. Thanks for having me here. I'm so glad you're here. Um, we were just talking about the jingle that's been stuck in your head. Cannot get it out of my head. It's like <laughs> kind of irritating, actually. Is it really? <laughs> no. You know, Come I like it now. right now, so it's good. But in probably about two weeks, I'm going to be like, I can't get that song out of my head. Right? <laughs> it's driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good one. My friend Kelly James uh, did it up for me, and he popped that thing out in like no time flat. Yeah, so. no, it's it's solid. You know, our brand manager, Vinny here, he's the guy that's telling me, oh, man, you're going to get this thing in your head. I promise. I'm like, yeah, right. Whatever. Sure enough, man, I listened to it. I'm like, I can't get it out of my head. So, hey, kudos <laughs> to that guy. He did a good job. Now, you've got kids, right? <laughs> yeah. Have five, they heard the song? Not yet. I'm trying to prevent them from hearing it because they're probably going to be singing around the house They like, totally all will day. be singing. I get so many people that come <laughs> up to me and they're like, dude, I cannot get that song out right. of my head. It's such a good song. Yeah. And I'm surfing or I'm, you know, riding my bike or working out and all I'm doing is singing Doe's Nose. Yeah. No, I, I could totally see that. Yeah, so it's so good. I love it. I love but it. I, Thanks, I, like, I, I, I like the I like the intro. I like the jingle. It's killer. You know, it's yeah. memorable and it's sticky. Right? You got to be sticky to to survive in this world. That's right. definitely a sticky jingle. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, you've been listening to the podcast for a while, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. So, Vinny's the guy that that uh, introduced me to the podcast. You know, as you guys just recently met. You know, uh, it was actually really cool how we met too, because it was uh, I was in Maui. And we were doing the whole G Love Tour stuff. And I'm sitting at a sports bar watching football. And I'm wearing uh, Tate Fletcher's Caveman Coffee t-shirt. And he comes up and he's like, Caveman Coffee, do you know Tate Fletcher? And I'm like, hell yeah, that's my boy. And he's like, wait a sec, you're Dozer Dave, right? <laughs> yeah, I've seen you on Tate's deal. Nice. And, um, and from that point on, we became friends ever since. And then, you know, I hooked up with you guys while I was on Oahu and and now we've got all kinds of cool shit going on. I'm super excited about. Yeah, we're pumped too. It's like just the beginning. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, what's uh, what happened today was you. Well, let's let's start from the beginning here because you are a pilot for uh, Hawaiian Airlines. Yep. Yep. And um, you guys flew over today in your own plane. Yeah, a 1979 Beechcraft. Really? Yeah. That thing was really cool. I saw it. I'm pretty proud of it, you know. It's got it's got some heritage, so it's it's eventually uh, going to be my son's airplane. So that's originally why I, I bought it, just to introduce him into aviation, because uh -huh. he's an aviation geek. I mean, he loves aviation. He draws airplanes. He has a hundred airplane models. He's like super into aerodynamics, and you know, he's always asking me technical questions. And so I wanted to feed the passion, you right. know. So can you be my dad? I, I want to fuck with airplane, <laughs> Right? <laughs> I'm trying to be How old the, is he, six? Uh, he's actually eight. Eight? So I have a five-year-old daughter and an eight-year-old son. Wow. Yeah. So, But he he flies airplane. I mean, he's actually, he flies better than Vinny. <laughs> really? <laughs> but Vinny's only had a couple hours of practice. But but uh, yeah, no, he um he could hold straight and level. He could go to a, you know, hey, go to the Elio Point in, Mo in Molokai. Oh, yeah. Okay, he, he goes there and, hey, Dad, I think we need to go down lower. We got some clouds ahead of us. Uh, I mean, he's like, he's thinking it. about it. Yeah. He, now, you guys don't like to fly through the clouds? No, you can't really um, fly through the clouds unless you're in an instrument uh, flight plan, which uh -huh. we could do and I have done in the past, but I try to be VFR, visual flight rules. So 
you could see everything that's below you and it's a little bit safer and the passengers, they don't get much out of it when they're looking out at just white stuff. Yeah. Sure. So especially this time of year, how many whales did you guys see? We saw some breaching whales. It was killer right off of Kona. Yeah. yeah. Just, and it was really kind of, uh, boggy today. So it wasn't as clear as a typical day cause it was pretty light winds. Uh -huh. Um, but you could still very clear enough to see the, the breaching whale. So that was cool. Now you're also flying in a single engine Cessna. Uh, it's a Beechcraft single Beechcraft? engine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, that's scary as hell well, because you're coming yeah. straight across from Oahu to Kona, mm -hmm. not island hopping. Because, yeah. you know, when I was in a single engine, we had an island hop. The guy, even the pilot was like, hey, look, man, this is a safe way to do it. Watch mm -hmm. for boats down below. Right. We're going to go the shortest distance across the, each island mm -hmm. and then run the coastlines. Right. So I would probably not enjoy myself if I had to fly that way because I'd be paranoid and looking at boats all the time. And you don't want to, at least me personally, I don't want to be freaked out. I want to enjoy the moment. Uh -huh. And so, hey, man, straight as an arrow. If, if it's my time to, to deal with an engine failure, so be it. Just, you know, you deal with it. But right. the, the odds of that happening are extremely low. Actually, I've lost an engine already before I was even a pilot. Uh, I was a student pilot. I lost an engine in a Cessna, landed in the mountains, walked out fine. The plane really? wasn't damaged. Everyone thought I was going to die, including me, but uh -huh. I survived, you know, and basically I got it out of my system early because like that shouldn't have happened. Like mm -hmm. it's so rare to lose an engine because they're so reliable. So when it does happen, you know, it's, you're very, very, very unlucky. It's happened to me already. So I figure I, I saw it on my system, so I'm good. Well, you know, that, <laughs> I hope I don't have an engine failure flying back to <laughs> Oahu now. <laughs> I hope not too, man. But what do you do in case you do? I, I, you were saying something about there's something that you can buy. It's just $400. Yeah. So it's basically a device that sends your latitude and longitude to the, to the search and rescue teams. Mm -hmm. um, it's a rescue beacon of sorts. Um, but it's not like the old kind that just puts out like a sound or a tone that they try to center in on. It actually sends the latitude, longitude, GPS coordinates of where you're at up to the satellites, from the satellites down to the rescue stations. Even if it's underwater? Uh, well, it floats, so it shouldn't be totally underwater. It, so it's designed to, to be in the ocean, floating and emitting that, that location. And so it's something that you carry personally right. on you. Yes. It's not attached there. Correct. Okay. Right. They okay. have a, a beacon on the airplane to an ELT, but that thing's pretty much worthless. That's old school stuff. But the new school stuff is you have this rescue GPS beacon that sends out your coordinates and Really, it, it, it gets those, that mosquito's going the for mosquitoes you. Mosquitoes <laughs> are going right for my freaking eyebrow. <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, it's pretty cool because if you actually have to use it, uh, probably within 20 or 30 minutes, you're going to have a Coast Guard chopper sending you, a, you know, a line to get picked up on. So Right. The only way that you're really fucked is if you knock yourself out unconscious. That would suck. Then but, you're going down yeah. but, you know, over the plane. I always brief my passengers, hey, if we get into an emergency. You this grab is, this thing. Yeah, this is what we're doing. We're activating it right away. You know, here's we have. I have a rescue raft as well, so it inflates. So it's a four-person raft. Um, we have flares. Mm -hmm. uh, we, you know, we have that. We, I have two GPS location, uh, you know, beacons. So if one fails, the other one's going to work, hopefully. Um, so and then also, I'm talking to ATC, so they know where I'm at too. So they're tracking my location as well. And I know most of the guys flying. Like they're talking on the radio. So if I actually went down, 
Like today, I, my buddy, you know, was flying. I heard him checking in. I would have been like, yo, Roger, dude. And he's <laughs> flying a Hawaiian plane. he's flying a Hawaiian plane. And I'd be like, yo, man, like I'm, I'm 10 miles northwest of Lanai. <laughs> right. Come help me <laughs> now. You know, he's going to be like, all right, no worries. I'm going to circle and keep an eye on you, you know? So right. if, if, you know, hopefully that never happens. But uh, I'm, I'm optimistic. Can you imagine being one of the passengers on, on your buddy's plane? Yeah, yeah. And you went down and he's like, hey, you know, we're going to do some circles over my friend here real quick. Right. Right. We want to make sure he's safe. Well, you know, we I've actually done that um, in a jet uh, back in Aloha because I used to fly for Aloha. And that was that, a long time ago. That, that was a while ago, yeah. And we actually circled um, to help locate a, a ship that was had some issues or whatever. And ATC said, hey, can you verify? Da, 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 da. So, you know, they gave us the location and we, sure enough, did like three or four circles and relayed some information. And they're like, all right, thanks for your help. Okay, no worries. And on to Honolulu we went. So it's it's a cool network. Everyone's there to to help each other if if things go bad. Yeah. And, uh, you know, really, I think the only bad thing that's really ever happened to these commuter planes here in Hawaii was what, back in the 80s? Yeah, when the, when the lid ripped off one of those, was it an Aloha plane? That was an Aloha jet, and yeah, that that was pretty gnarly. Only one person died on that. It was the flight attendant. She got sucked out. Everyone right. else survived. Um, I know and flew with both of those pilots, the the female pilot and the the the, the male pilot. Uh, so the captain was uh, uh, Shorstimer, and then Mimi Tompkins it was the the, the co pilot. Uh-huh. Um, flew with both of them uh, at Aloha. Great people, and they did an awesome job. So. But then there was the island air crash that uh, I think the volleyball team, um, you know, was on, and they they flew into a mountain in, in uh, Molokai, oh, and so I all about yeah, that, that that was like the really really gnarly one. So that was super sad. When was that? Uh, I, I can't remember the year, but it, it we've been pretty freaking lucky. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's amazing how many freaking planes are flying yeah. every single day, yeah. and. It's the safest form of transportation. Yeah. You know? My dad freaks out all the time. He's like, oh, yeah, get rid of the plane. Oh, you shouldn't be flying in that plane. And I was like, dad, it's the safest form of transportation. Like, it is so rare for something, you know, to go wrong. You have, mm-hmm. a, you have a much higher chance of getting hit by a drunk driver and killed than you do, you know, crashing an airplane. It's, statistically, it's proven. Right. You know, so shit happens. But, you know, hopefully it's just not your day, you know. Yeah. In the meantime, carpe diem, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. How long have you been doing it for? Uh, I started flying back in 2000, so 16 years. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. coming on 17 years. And how were you in the military before? No. Because a didn't. lot of military, yeah. ex fighter pilots or whatever, yeah. um, that's how they, u- they usually use that right. to kind of step them into the. No, this was like a pre-midlife crisis that I went through. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, uh, you know, I was always into business and I had. Uh, construction business, uh, landscape construction. I think you and I kind of talked a little bit about that and got to a point at a very young age where I had, you know, work going on all the islands. I had, you know, 40 plus union guys under my payroll and I was just way overwhelmed, you know, doing four to five million dollars of contracts a year. And I was in my twenties and it's just like, man, this is going to kill me. I I was just stressing and I always, always wanted to be a pilot just because I loved things that flew. I loved airplanes. I loved birds. You know, I just, I always wanted to be a pilot, but I never pursued it. And then it was at a certain point in my life where I'm like, I got to get out of business because I'm going to have a nervous breakdown and just crack because mm-hmm. I just, it was just too much stress. I was in my twenties, you know, and I'm like, this is, this is crazy. So my dad helped me out. I basically, um, 
you know, gave the business to my business partner at the time and said, I'm bouncing, I'm out, I'm moving to Arizona, I'm going to be a pilot. And I, that's exactly what I did and just went balls to the wall, 100% all in, I'm going to be an airline pilot. And, uh, you know, never looked back really. So it, I, I powered out all my ratings uh, within about six months. I was in an internship program in Maui, living in Maui. I also used to kite surf kind of semi-professionally. Mm-hmm. So it was awesome to um, be in Maui working for Pacific Wings and then also kiteboard instructing and hanging out with my buds. So um, hey, so you kind of start with these smaller airlines like yeah, Pacific Wings. Right. Like, um, what do you, they're like... 10, 12 passenger airplanes, right? Exactly. 10 people total, two pilots, eight passengers. Um, It was a twin engine Cessna. So got in there, you know, paid my dues for about a year, then got hired at Island Air. And then uh, timing was super good, upgraded to captain after a year. And then a year later, got hired at Aloha, flying the jets. That went really good until they went out of business. How much harder was that? Uh, Going from a prop plane to a jet? Yeah, it's a big step up you know jets are fast and slippery props are slow and and it you could control the speed very easily with the prop plane jets are very slippery you know so Uh if you want to slow down you you got to really manage the energy a lot better so um it's it's a pretty radical advancement but you know you learn and you fly with good solid captains that teach you you know all their tricks and it's Mm -hmm. fun man it's super fun what size plane are you flying right now uh, currently, I'm a captain on the 717. It's a Boeing aircraft, so it's basically like a DC-9. So, uh-huh. um, you know, on a usually like the full boat with stuff to the gills. We got about 135 people total on board. So, right. yeah. Um, have you flown anything bigger? Uh, you know, the 737 um, that I was flying out of Aloha was a little bit bigger, but not much. So, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I could definitely fly the wide bodies, but, you know, I have a family. I have a wife. I have a business, you know. Um, so it's nice to be home every night, surf every day, uh, and not be in hotels. I don't travel really well. I, I hate flying, ironically, as a passenger. You know, I love flying the airplane, but I hate being in the back. So um, for yeah. me, just that whole long thing of flying in a tube kind of gets on me. And so when I flew Transpac at Aloha, I started to feel that way even up front going, man, I don't really want to be in this airplane for six hours straight. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just... It's not fun either. You're just on autopilot cruising. I, I'd rather be taking off and landing, you know? Right. Now, uh, autopilot or transpack would be like Hawaii to L.A. Right. Hawaii, L.A., just Hawaii, Vancouver. Cargo, um, stuff like that? Or well, Aloha it? used to fly passengers, yeah. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. So, God, it's been so long. I totally forgot. Yeah. And it sucks that those guys went bankrupt. You yeah. Know? Because right now, the competition, there is none. So yeah. the prices used to be so cheap. Yeah, and now it's you know they're high as hell. You used to have the coupon books, remember right. those? Oh yeah, I used to you know thirty five dollar tickets exactly. And you and then you would just drive to the airport and hop on a plane. You wouldn't like make reservations. You just go to the ticket counter and be like, "Here's my coupon," and they go, okay, uh, flight leaves in twenty minutes. Oh yeah, thanks. You know, thanks, I mean, it, it's the best deal in town. You know, best deal in town. Yeah. yeah. Now um, Hawaiian is pretty much the only large airplane jet style. Mm. Everything else is props. Yeah. You know, little small little props. Right. Which ironically are way more (laughs) efficient um, for this inner island flying, like the turboprops, uh, like Island Air uses. Actually, much better airplane, but people are afraid of props, so they don't want to fly in them. So the jets are the ones that all the people want to go on. Now, I'm going to ask you a controversial question. You know, you're in the airline business, Mm -hmm. okay? And a lot of people want to know this shit, okay? Because back when 9-11 changed, right, Mm -hmm. everything changed. Um, and then the 
you know, security got super tighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went into our recession. Okay. And fuel prices skyrocketing. Mm-hmm. Airlines have to try and make up for that, mm-hmm. for those high fuel prices. And so they start charging for baggage. Okay. Um, well, obviously, fuel prices have gone down. Mm-hmm. Airlines made a killing, mm-hmm. but still we're being raped on, um, you know, I'm saying it as a guy that carries surfboards right. to Australia or, totally. or to the mainland or whatever. Um, you know, the, are, do you ever see those prices coming down? Because well, it's tough, you know, it, yeah, it's it's a competitive marketplace. So it all supply and demand, you know, rules the day. So uh, the airlines are making a lot of money right now. We want a piece of that. Actually, the pilots are saying, hey, you know, if you're making all this money, we need to kind of get an increase in pay, too, which is a whole nother conversation. Um, right. You know, people deserve to be paid well for what they do, especially if their job involves something with skill and people's lives are in their hands. Mm-hmm. So you know, as a pilot union at Hawaiian, you know, we don't have a contract right now. So we're not super thrilled about that, especially when they're charging a lot and making a lot of money. You know, it's like, hey, we're all in this together. We all sacrifice to get the company where it's healthy financially. So it's time to to spread the love, you know. So do I think the prices are, are a little bit too high? Mm, you know, they're a little bit on the steep side, but not that much. Ironically, it takes a lot more money to operate an inner island business than you would think just because we're in the middle of nowhere. And when something breaks, you got to you gotta bring it from the mainland. And sure. it just, it, as a cost of doing business, um, you know, in Hawaii, it, it, you have to put a factor on that. Um, some of the mainland routes... You know, they, they're really cheap. Others are more expensive. So, you know, right. I don't know. I I know people feel like they're getting raped and pillaged. Um, but you know, Yeah, it, it's one of those things where, you know, hey, you guys made so much money when you guys jacked all that yeah. stuff up and you kept it going. Right. At some point, you got to go, hey, we need a break back again. So the the part and of I that equation. Baggage is the, is the key thing. If, right. Even if airline prices were to stay the same, mm-hmm. but they were to drop the baggage stuff, yeah. you know, because... Yeah, you know, it's it the problem with like in the past when the prices of fuel went up and the profits started going down, a lot of times the workers took concessions to keep the airlines in business. And so now what's happening is you know, operating costs are more are more favorable for the airline. Now they're making a lot more money because a lot of the employees are still at their concessionary rates. Mm-hmm. And so it's only right for the employees to actually bump back up to where they should be at with inflation included. Um, And then if that happens, the airlines aren't going to be making money hand over fist. They're actually going to just be making a fair profit. Everyone deserves to make a fair profit. So right now they're, they're making more money than they should because they're not paying people what they should. But once they start paying people what they deserve to get paid, they'll make a respectable and reasonable profit. That, that's I, my I hope I didn't it. put you on the hot seat too no, bad. No, not right at there. all. Yeah. <laughs> it's just something that people want to know. Yeah, totally. And, no. Um, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. Doze wants to know. Doze deserves to know. <laughs> Doze deserves to know, man. But L- Luckily, I work I work out some pretty good deals. I have a lot of friends that are in, in the industry. So um, a lot, whether they're pilots or like yourself or stewardesses mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, they give me flights. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I luck out sometimes and I fly first class mm-hmm. and that really helps out because then I'm not having to pay for anything. Right. Totally. But, you know, that that's a great deal with, and you know, there's definitely a lot of perks 
to working for an airline. And, you know, Hawaiian's a good airline and they truly care about their people. And, and um, you know, it's, everything goes through cycles with the economy and, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, it's just business, you know, and but we all love our jobs. And, you know, for the most part, I think they are they're 100 percent for the community and for their employees it's just the the waters tend to get muddy especially when you start talking about um you know money and contracts sure, <laughs> absolutely so when when you're not flying okay um what do you do what do you do for having fun well i'm definitely a waterman um grew up surfing and uh skateboarding and so i still do that stuff not so much skateboarding now kind of into one yeah, wheeling now i'm too old for the skateboarding <laughs> oh, but i did it, see you on the one wheel yeah that's Kailua super fun that, that was fun yeah so I, I i try to get in the ocean you know every day um i'm big into kiteboarding i started getting into foil boarding a lot actually that's like right. my new passion so we're just now getting um short boards with the foils kai lenny's doing a lot of cool stuff with the foil um one of my buddies mauricio abru He's kind of the guy that's leading the charge with me to to do the shortboard foil thing. He's doing all the research, and I'm just copying everything he does. <laughs> so. Well, it, it seems it seems actually perfect that you'd be on a foil board, being that you're a pilot, because it's um, it's still a form of surfing and everything, but it's like you're flying surfing. You're completely totally. above the water. Yeah, and that's what Kyle Lenny told me. He was yeah. like, "Dude, I feel like I'm flying. Right? You know, I'm not touching the water at all. Yeah, I'm just my board never ever touches the water. Yeah." It, it's unreal. And kite surfing with the foil is super unreal as well because you're flying a kite, you're flying the board. It's just, it's like an aviator's dream, mm-hmm. you know. And, you know, the pilots that I've taught kiteboarding, they just excel so fast to understand the aerodynamics and how things work. And and then they they truly dig it, you know, because they're pilots. And mm-hmm. so they, they like that stuff. Um, so it, it, it's cool. Kailua is like a, a, the mecca, I think, for, you know, advancing the sport of, of hydrofoiling with the kite and also with, you know, stand-up paddleboarding and shortboarding because it's just got real mellow conditions. It's it, it's, it's just windy a great all the time. Yeah, it's it, there's a lot going for it. So, you know, we're gonna be doing some pretty cool stuff here in the next, uh, you know, probably three to six months, and try to try to get some some attention for some of the cool stuff we're doing. Have you got those foil boards into any really big solid open ocean swells? No, not yet. Um, it's something that we're gonna work on, but it's pretty sketchy, man. It's like surfing with a foil under you. It's like dancing with knives in the water. Yeah. Like it's. Like, I heard it's really dangerous. It's sketchy, you know. And like I'm super comfortable usually in the ocean, uh-huh. and with the kite and a board, I'm. It's like muscle reflex for me. It doesn't. I don't even think about it. And the first time I got on a foil, I got up. I'm like, what's the big deal? Everyone says this is a boom. Like, oh, the thing just went south so fast. Why? What happened? It, the board just flipped upside down, like total like switchblade action. The 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 foil is just like a big knife, just slammed me in the hip, cut through my harness. Like I mean, I just got worked. Like in a split second, I was like, "Oh, dude, I don't want any part of this." Right. <laughs> I was like, "I'm I'm done," you know. And so I, I went in. I'm like, "Dude, this foiling stuff sucks. I don't want any part." I was scared, you know. Right. And then I gave it up for like a week, and then. I'm like, oh, I gotta get back out there. So I tried it again, got throttled now, did again. Did the foil snap? No, it's like I basically got going too fast, and then the foil broke out of the water, and I was I was edging, and so my heel pressure kind of did like a kick flip on the surfboard with okay. the with the foil underneath it, right? And it just caused that like foil to be a tomahawk basically, and just come back and boom, it just destroyed me. Wow! And so it was like it happened so fast. So yeah, and then. For the next like five or six sessions, it was like pretty brutal and scary. And I had to really push through that fear because 
it, it I just it was gnarly. Mm-hmm. I, I I didn't like it at all. I was it was very unenjoyable, which was weird for me because normally I just find peace in the ocean, and this was like so different. I was like freaked out. But I knew if I got it dialed, I'd love it. And then now it's gotten to the point where I love it because it's still dangerous and it could still go south really fast. But I'm more comfortable and I'm experiencing more of the joy, you know, of So flying. it's definitely not something that you can actually say, hey, I'm going to the, my favorite surf spot no. right over here. And I'm going to pull one of these out and I'm going to sit out there and I'm going to catch some of these no. waves in the lineup with somebody else because no. you can really fuck somebody up. Y- yeah, exactly. And, you know, big waves – that's like super, super gnarly. So we're like starting off really small, uncrowded areas. Um, if people start paddling like around us, like in the middle of the Bay of Cockroach Bay, like Makapu'u or something, mm-hmm. we'll just like move or we'll get out of the water because I don't want to like have someone. Not like the stand-up paddle waters that'll just friggin' stay right there. Yeah, I, I mean, this, this, <laughs> it's no joke. And, you know, the foil's got some serious sharp edges and this, yeah. So we, we're super, you know, respectful of other people and safety is clearly important to me. So I don't want to hurt anyone. Um, but the cool part about foiling is you can go where no one else wants to go. Cause you could go surf mush burgers and just have a blast. Mm-hmm. And that's the exciting part of foiling is you could go into spots that you would never go into and just have a all day, just surf your brain out, you know, event that is just awesome that you would never experience, you know, prior to the foil. Now, obviously, you can't go in really shallow spots no, either. right. How yeah. deep is that foil going into the water? Uh, my mass is 24 inches. So, you know, you clearly want more yeah, than 24 mine, inches. Mine's 36. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> hey, man, I got like a 35 and a half mass too. It's just not hooked up yet. <laughs> it's the strap-on guy. No, Wait, what? what? Dude. Hey, now, come on. <laughs> We're talking about foils. <laughs> Get your head out of the... <laughs> but yeah, so you want like three feet or so of water, you know, which is not that deep but you right. know you don't want to be going on any like shelf barreling waves you know but right. you, i'd rather surf a lot of the big island waves would be tough for that right. because we get a lot of rocks that pop out yeah yeah totally and shallow reefs and stuff like exactly. that so a good chance that you might boom snag a boulder right. or something face plant yeah so and, and it's expensive too 36 inch foil up the freaking cooter no nah, not good not good yeah. but yeah i also fly airplanes for fun too you know so um you know our Beechcraft, you know, 1979, great little single engine airplane, um, fly with my son and my family as much as I can. Um, now, really quick, you were telling me that, uh, and this was something I wanted to ask you earlier, you were saying that it's really easy to go upside down in these things and not even know it because right. I would be like, hey, dude, I'm upside down. How could you not know that you're not upside down? Yeah, and, and that's the Blood danger. rushing to your head. Well, so what happens is like today coming into Kona, it was uh, you know, legally it was a visual flight rule day, so you didn't need to have an instrument rating. But the 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 VOG was so thick, and you lost the horizon. So uh-huh. once you lose the horizon, you're just kind of in a sea of gray. You don't really know which way is up. So then if you don't know how to fly instruments, because you're used to looking out the window and seeing the horizon. Oh, there's the mountains. There's the sea. Oh, I'm, I'm turning. Okay, straighten out. Well, as soon as you go into this, like, gray mass mm-hmm. and you have no visual reference to the horizon – you pretty much... Being fog, smog, or fog, clouds. Yeah, or nighttime. Or right? snow. Or, yeah. yeah. Anything that that you lose the visual reference to the horizon, <clears throat> you then rely on your instruments. And so normal, untrained people who are flying um, will find themselves upside down real quick. Because what mm-hmm. happens is the plane starts turning a little bit, you feel the G-forces, and you go, oh, I got to straighten out. But what you're doing is actually 
counter, uh, you know, countering the G-force by adding more G-force to try to get the G-force. It's really confusing how it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but you end up, they call it spatial disorientation where you don't know which way is up. It's like being like throttled by a big wave and it's black as you're deep and you're right. going, I think up is this way. And then you're like, you're fighting your, your leash cord and you're like, oh, I'm swimming down, not up. And you just lose reference. And so it's easy for that to happen in an airplane. And like JFK Jr., you know, flying at night, went into the, you know, went into the ocean because he got spatially disoriented. Even though he's a pilot and he, he didn't have his instrument rating uh, and he wasn't proficient at instruments. And no, can't you see your freaking, you've got to have something lying around that's loose. that's going to either fall off to the side or yeah. or fall from the ceiling down to the, you know, yeah. it's like, hey, oh, shit, it, I'm upside down. Yeah, it, it just happens so quick. And then by that time, you're just done. So, it, you know, it's part of, um, you know, like our, you know, Vinny, our, our brand manager, you know, we flew together over here. And uh, I asked him, hey, you want to fly a little bit? He goes, yeah, yeah. So, okay, you know, let me know if you want to, you know, have me take the controls, but go as long as you can. Because I was telling him the same story and didn't believe it, right? Right. He's like, oh, I've flown this airplane. I could do this. I'm like, oh, you want to fly? Yeah, okay. Take it as long as you want. And if I'm uncomfortable, I'll take the airplane back. But, you know, go for it as long as you can. So he's gone and we're like climbing like a bat out of hell in a right turn. I'm going, hmm, this isn't going very well. I'm like, how are we doing, Vinny? He's like, good. I'm like, are you turning? No. Are you descending? <laughs> uh, no, I'm level. I'm like, yeah, mm, I think I'll take the airplane back. What? <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> give me the airplane. I'm like, yeah, that, that would have ended really badly. That would have ended in an inverted stall. Mm-hmm. So, but it's, you know, it happens. It's crazy, man. And so he was like, that's so weird. I'm like, well, it's human anatomy and how it works. And it's weird. It happens. Now, so, we just lost a plane a couple of weeks ago over off Molokai. What do you think happened there? You know, I don't know. I I, I never want to be the Monday morning quarterback, you know, with something that happens, and especially if there's people whose lives were lost. Right. But, you know, all I could say is if you're not proficient in instrument flying and it's night or it's foggy or there's a lot of rain, mm-hmm. um, you could be legal flying. But if you lose that horizon, it, 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 it could happen really, really, really quick and fast. It, it, you could get upside down or just, you know, take it into the ocean and you don't know that it's happening until it's too late. Yeah. Um, now, a couple of months ago, we had some Mokulele pilots yeah. fly from same pretty much the same track you just did yeah. and are going to do on the way back. Right. What happened there? Uh, I don't know the details. And these guys are trained pilots. Yeah. I don't, I, I, they had they some mechanical problems. Sea. Yeah. They, they, it sounded like they had multiple um, failures and they ended up, you know, ditching the airplane because they couldn't fly it anymore. Right. And I, I don't know all the facts. I, I know that actually the owner of that airplane and, and I know one of the pilots, um, but I don't know all the details. And they so. didn't have that device either. I, I don't think they did. Yeah, they didn't have that. They, they were out at sea yeah. for like 36 hours. I, I or can't imagine like they had it because they, 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 yeah, they weren't found immediately. So I don't know. Or they had it and they didn't deploy it or maybe it didn't work. I, I, I don't know. They, all yeah. I know is I got two of them, so if I need to use it, I'm I'm pushing both on buttons. Back and- <laughs> up, man. Going strapped on. That's right. You know, here I am. Come pick me up, please. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, if I ever fly with you, I'll make sure that um, I have one of those strapped on yeah, as well. Yeah, no, I'll make sure so, you do too. <laughs> yeah, that's the only strap on, though. But, um, you know, the great thing is what brought you over here. Okay, and this is what I'm really, really excited about is um, we've got something else that's that's starting to fly, and it's yeah. it's flying off the shelves. And you're my new sponsor, 
Right. I'm proud, proud to be in that slot. <laughs> yeah, I'm proud to have you in this slot, you know, and I'm really, really excited about this product that we have. And um, why don't you kind of, uh, it, first of all, it's called Green. Yeah, it's, it's Green Superfood Brew. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, that's another thing I do for fun, too. It is a passion of mine. It's, a, you know, a USDA certified organic functional beverage um, that, you know, we're, we're you know, we We've been selling it in Hawaii now for a couple of years. We sell direct to people on the mainland. Mm. Um, super big into the CrossFit community. I'm a, a CrossFit enthusiast myself, a CrossFit trainer um, as well. And uh, it was originally formulated for athletes, you know, pre-wad or pre-workout. Um, but it's, it's for the health-conscious athlete or active, um, you know, outdoor adventurer in mind. Um, but it's, it's great for anybody. Oh, yeah. I mean, anyone who who needs a boost of energy and who needs some hydration and who needs some phytonutrients. It's, it's, it's a great functional beverage. You know, it's not something that you like drink cause you're thirsty, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a functional beverage. It was formulated very purposefully with everything that's in it to give you optimal energy, optimal hydration and really quick recovery. So what's in it? It's got some pretty cool stuff in it. Uh, it's a green tea based product. Uh, so we brew it, uh, it's green tea, coconut water and then you know the superhero ingredient that people kind of trip out on is it has kale in it uh-huh. um and and me you know i've never been a big fan of kale yeah and most people aren't it's it could taste pretty gnarly so um but it's it's one of the most if not the most nutrient dense vegetable on earth and so if we could tap the the powers of the kale plant you know why not mm-hmm. um and it was a spinoff of of another business that i had you know and the that my history with kale go, you know predates the drink you know i was actually um i used to be in the the landscape construction company uh, right. world which we talked about um spraying all kinds of crazy chemicals destroying the earth destroying my body not even knowing it mm-hmm. just being mainstream you know gnarly um commercialized no i know exactly you know, i used to build and design golf courses exactly in fact yeah. we worked on a golf course hula lie right yeah. so i did all the grassing on that so um you know Fast forward to when my wife's pregnant, you know, I was like, hey, man, I could grow our own food. I used to grow stuff. Like, I was a pretty I big... I was pretty good was at it pretty too, good, man. pretty big contractor at one time, and I could pretty much grow anything. Why not just grow food, you know? Because I was concerned about, you know, my, my you know, soon-to-be uh, baby boy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was like, hey, Tanya, which is my wife you know, what do you think about starting a garden? I'm going to start a garden. You, you down with that? She's like, oh, I, I'll, I'll kill a cactus. In fact, I have. I can't do anything. So, you know, if you want to do your the garden, that's cool. But, you know, I'm not going to help because I'll just kill it. I'm like, all right, I, I got this. And so I ended up inventing um, this, this method of growing food uh, in this like modular organic you know, sock system that's super easy for my wife to do. So I wasn't the only one having to to basically take care of the organic garden for, you know, my son and us. So that worked out really well. And I ended up um, being the entrepreneur that I was going, okay, I'm a pilot, you know, I'm on kind of autopilot on that career path. Is there something more for me? Can I, can I go into another business? I kind of miss business. I don't want the stress business. I want the happy affect people in a positive manner business. Right. So I'm going, well, you know, what if like... And doing I, something that you love. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and so I kind of really got into this organic farming using this modular system. 
And being a pilot, I'm looking down at all these empty roofs all the time going, why don't they like grow food on roofs? Like there's all this wasted space. They're harvesting sun energy for power, but why not harvest sun energy for food? You know, in Hawaii at the time, they were importing like 90% of its food. We had like less than a seven day supply of perishable food. So if we had a natural disaster, we're screwed. Right. Um, we're totally relying on outside forces. I'm like, man, let's just take some of this roof space and start growing food with it. So I kind of dove into that thinking, you know, I might be able to make a positive impact um, and realize, hey, there's a niche there. There, Nobody was growing food on, on rooftops because the, the systems were too heavy. Mm -hmm. um, and so I designed a system, you know, being the entrepreneur and tinkerer that I was, that was like less than five pounds per square foot, which means I could take any industrial building and put a, 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 a farm on the roof. So I started a company called Farm Roof, and uh, we were the world's first certified organic green roof system. Got our first green roof system installed in 2011 in Waimanalo. It was actually kind of cool. It was built on a rooftop of an old gas station that, as a kid growing up in Waimanalo, I would go and pump my tire full of air. Sure. And I remember watching the mechanics literally drain oil out into the sand like it was okay. Like, oh, yeah, it was old school. It's like, <laughs> well, what? The sand sucks up the oil, it's gone, right? right. And so it was kind of cool to like see this transformation of what used to be like just, you know, a hideous environmental disaster of a gas station turn into a sustainable cafe with the world's first organic green roof system on top, growing food for the occupants below. So that launched Farm Roof, um, was jazzed about that and uh, started doing more farm roofs, you know, did one over an auto dealership, put one in uh, at Castle Hospital. They used it to feed their patients and their employees. Um, you know, I've done seven rooftop farms to date, which is more than anyone and else none in the of world. Them were, none of them were too heavy. None of them were too heavy because the system I designed. Uh -huh. And um, and so, it, you know, it was something that I was passionate about. I was like, wow, you know, I could really change the world. Um, got really into it, but it was hard to make money doing it. And I wasn't a nonprofit, so everything was self-funded. So I was thinking, well, how can I make money by growing stuff on rooftops. Like I would sell my produce to Whole Foods and they would resell it to the public. And I would, and it would sell, literally, we'd make a delivery to Whole Foods. It was Superfood uh, Greens. We called it Farm Roof uh, Super Greens. Mm -hmm. And it was, there was no lettuce. It was all different types of kale, which is where I go back to kale. Um, kale, Asian mustards, uh, predominantly, um, and arugula, all like high orc rating, like massive antioxidants in this stuff. And, you know, we delivered to Whole Foods and within hours, like our whole shipment that we delivered would be sold out. It was like in huge demand, but I wasn't making any money because mm -hmm. like you can only charge so much for like light leafy greens, you know? And so I was thinking, well, how do I make more money so that I could still do farm roof systems, but, you know, make money other ways. And so I thought, well, a value added product using something that I grow that I'm passionate about, which is kale. So then you know, I was thinking, okay, kale chips, oh, everyone's doing that. Okay, kale smoothies, oh, everyone's doing that. Oh, what can I do with kale? And one day, you know, I left a bag, huge bag of kale on the roof uh, above the auto dealership that I was harvesting kale from. By accident, I left it on the roof, came back the next day. I'm like, oh, I got like 30 pounds of kale that's wilted. It's done. What This sucks. Like I, I was like, I'm ready to throw in the towel. Like I don't want to be a farmer anymore. I can't make money. Right. And I don't want to be a nonprofit and, and ask for handouts. I want to be a sustainable business that can support itself. And so I thought to myself, well, what can I do with this wilted kale? I'm like, well, I want a beverage. I could do a beverage. Why don't I brew it? And so I literally started tinkering with that bag of kale on like extracting kale, brewing kale. Mm -hmm. And I came up with 
this kale tea, which was actually really good. I used mint that I grew on the roof and I used kale that I grew on the roof. And it was just like zero footprint, sustainable, super healthy tea. And people loved it. You know, I was working with Alan Wong, you know, James Beard award winning chef. He wanted to do private label stuff. I was totally into it. Um, turns out, you know, you can only make so much of it, uh, and it can't be shelf stable. So it's not like you can't scale it to a, a, a huge, you know, s- size. Right. So I'm like, well, okay, well, you know, this is cool. It's fun, but I'm still not making money. I need to make money to do this. Mm-hmm. So it evolved to what it is today where I was like, okay, I need something shelf stable that I could make in large volumes that I could ship, you know, across the country. And, uh, yeah, it basically evolved to what it is today, which is green superfood brew. Um, and I'm super stoked about it. Uh, it, it's something that's very handy, uh, for like an average person that, cause it's, it, you know, you could drink it warm if you want to, or we definitely recommend drinking it cold, but you can't put it in a backpack and take it hiking and, you know, drink it before, you know, you have to head back down a gnarly track or, you know, it's great to take out on the boat. So, or hunting with, or hunting It's a great hunter companion. I've been, t- um, I've been drinking it, um, you know, before I go surfing mm-hmm. and before I go hunting, I'm like, yeah perfect yeah and i'm not all jittered up right you don't get that thing where your eyelids start to <laughs> yeah that's something different like that. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta get that checked out like some of those other ones <laughs> make you do you know right and, right uh, yeah it's it's really good and like i said i'm not a fan of kale yeah i'm, I'm honest i'm yeah. not a fan of kale yeah i cannot taste kale in that thing at all. Yeah. It took a long time to get to that point. I mean, we've had multiple versions and the first version I was super stoked on, but I love kale. Most people don't love kale. So it didn't, you know, it didn't go as well as I wanted it to go, but you know, I was also the only person in the world to be crazy enough to try to brew and carbonate a kale beverage. And you know, that, right. Yeah. So, you know, it's a learning curve, Um, you know, but it, it evolved to what it is today, which I'm really happy with how it turned out. Um, just because we figured out how to brew it properly and the, the proper balance of the different ingredients. Now um, it's, got, it's got a very dis- distinguished taste to it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I don't think I've ever had a drink that has this type of taste mm-hmm. and it's hard to pinpoint yeah. what the flavor is, yeah. but it's really freaking good. Like I like yeah. it so much. I'm like, I'm drinking like a couple of these things back to back. Yeah, which on an empty stomach could get you a little bit wired. <laughs> could do the old eyelid thing. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, empty spasm. stomach, two greens, you know, maybe not such a good idea. But <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you know, it. when people ask me what it tastes, you know, they ask me, hey, what does it taste like? I, I tell them it tastes like green. Well, what does that taste like? It tastes like green, you know, and it, it, yeah, it, it's very unique. There's there's nothing um, out there like this. And so it's it's up to the interpretation of the person who's drinking it as to what it tastes like. You know, it's, it's kind of cool. Like when we do tastings, you know, we ask people, what, what do you taste? And we hear everything you can imagine. Oh, it tastes like vanilla. Oh, it tastes like chocolate. Oh, it tastes like leaky moy. Oh, it tastes like prune juice. Oh, I mean, it's amazing all these different things. And it all comes down to people's palate, how they eat, how they perceive um, what they're tasting. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one part of it. And the other part of it is because there's nothing that tastes like it, you you're forced to associate it with something. And mm-hmm. so you, you, you fill in the blank with X and everyone's X is different, you know? So, mm-hmm. but the good news is most people like it, whether they think it tastes like, you know, vodka or vanilla, they, sure. you know, and I don't care what they think it tastes like as long as they like it, you know? Now, where are you getting your, um, 
your products from? So we manufacture in Portland, Oregon. Because um, you guys are stamped USDA right. organic. And that's a tough stamp to get. That was and it takes a long process. Yeah, it costs it was a lot of money. Nuts. It was it was a, a huge feat to get that USDA organic stamp. It would have been so much easier to just call ourselves natural, right? Uh -huh. Because anyone can call themselves natural. There's no, the federal government does not regulate the term natural. Mm -hmm. So I could be selling cans of arsenic and calling it natural and that's fine. Right. You know, so, you know, but I didn't want, you know, something that was weak. I wanted something that was strong. I wanted something that was defendable. When someone said, well, you know, it's the same as natural. I wanted to have the USDA organic stamp to make, you know, a valid argument that no, this is not the same as natural. This is really good for your body. This is really good for the planet. Um, and luckily, my background in organic farming helped me with becoming an organic producer in the inner, like the, the, it used to be called an energy drink. It really isn't an energy drink because it doesn't have the taurine or synthetic B vitamins. So that helped, but it was still really, really hard. But we got the stamp. We're super proud of it. And uh, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, a very, very important thing to me. It's a big part of the, the company of, you know, our operating philosophy. Mm -hmm. So where are, the, where are the products coming from? Um, you know, we source our products from large, scalable, uh, organic producers. So like the kale is coming out of California, uh -huh. um, you know, Asia for our green tea, right. um, the Philippines for our coconut water. And all these farms and plantations, you know, they're certified organic and they're sustainable. They're run in such a way that, you know, is beneficial to the planet and, and to their communities. Sure. Which, I, you know, I've got a piece of property in the Philippines, and um, it is wall to wall, as far as you can see, cobra, coconut trees. Nice. And that's all they do is they harvest it. You know, mm -hmm. I've never once seen these guys ever fertilize them, ever put anything on these. It's just 100% natural. Yeah. And I'm using the word natural on that because these guys don't do anything. Yeah. Every three months, they get up there and they cut everything right. down and then, boom. Right. Off to the markets or wherever it yeah. is that they're going to go. And I'm sure you've got a pretty solid farm out there as it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that was important, you know, in this process of developing green is is to create a responsible product that was scalable because, you know, I do want to have this company take off one day in a large scale. And for me to do that with a good conscience, I need to make sure that Everything we do is a lot of people ask us, well, why do you spell, you know, the company GR3EN? And it goes back to our operating philosophy of the triple bomb line or the three P's, they call it, you know, people, planet, prosperity. Mm -hmm. And if you look at how our, our company is spelled as GR3EN, three is at the middle of that. And that's more than symbolic. That is, you know, the three pillars that we operate on. And the first P is is people. You know, we want a product that is good for the people. So it needs to be healthy. It needs to help them achieve the things they want to achieve. You know, this is a pre-workout or pre-activity drink. So most of these people that are drinking green before they go hunt or before they work out, this is like a really cool, almost or spiritual, or, or, you know, or go to work if they have to, you know, it's, yeah, that's, yeah. It, it, you know, it, and that it is a little bit less sexy than thinking about, well, before I go charge pipe, you know, I'm going to drink a green or before I go, you know, some people's work but, is pipe, but you know, yeah, <laughs> those lucky guys, but you know, like how it was originally formulated was, you know, I want to be a part of these people's positive experience, you know, right. before they work out, before they hunt, before they surf and, and can, and help contribute to their overall enjoyment of that activity, um, and also be good for their health. Um, you know, and so it's important that we use only the best ingredients so that we could be proud of that. And then the planet part, 
you know, part of being organic is making sure that we source our stuff from people who are growing things in a responsible manner. And this is where, you know, I could get on a soapbox a little bit here, but you'll relate to it. And I think a lot of people in Hawaii will relate to it. Um, the, the conventional farming methods are so bad for the environment. And True. someone can use conventionally produced uh, sugar or pineapple in a natural product. And the consumer thinks it's good for them. But in reality, they're consuming a product that is probably genetically modified, that's mm -hmm. been sprayed with chemicals like fungicides and insecticides and sides up the yazoo of everything you can imagine that they're spraying on it. That's bad for the people, bad for the planet. But here's the other thing that, that I connect with a lot, North Shore surfers. We all remember rainy winters where we go and surf the chocolate milk, right? All that dirty water, all that brown mud on the North Shore is brought down from the agricultural fields that have been exempt by federal law to control the erosion and the soil runoff. Right. Organic farmers aren't allowed to do that. You know, so... All that mud brings down the chemicals, the pollutants. It kills the reefs. It poisons our fish and it poisons us as humans because of swimming and surfing in it and also consuming the fish that are in that water. Mm -hmm. You know, so a conventional farm is allowed to get away with murder as far as I'm concerned. A USDA certified organic farm, on the other hand, even though they could legally um, skirt the erosion control laws, their organic certification prevents them from doing that. They have to have a soil conservation plan and and practice, and they have to show that they're going to protect and preserve the environment around them. And so the the planet part of the three Ps really comes into our organic sourcing of our ingredients, which we're really proud of because we know the coconut or the green tea or the kale that we're putting into the beverage is being grown by people who are protecting the environment, not damaging the environment, mm -hmm. you know, and then that last P, you know, is prosperity, which, you know, if we do the first two right, we should be profitable and we should be prosperous and, and not just us, but all of our vendors and all the people we do business with, our distributors, our retailers, you know, it, it takes a village to raise a child, right? And so if we all work together and do things according to, you know, the triple bottom line, mm -hmm. we're going to protect each other, we're going to protect our community, and then we will protect our economy naturally it will just happen you know and so that's kind of my little soapbox thing of the the three p's and you know the the pillars of behind green you know yeah absolutely sorry to rant but no that's <laughs> that's what it's all about man like i said well you just got done drinking one of those things too right so <laughs> i might have a little bit of passion there too <laughs> no this stuff is really really good and it's it's actually packaged really well um, a lot of the pro surfers up on the North Shore that I talked to, when I told them that I was getting involved with you guys, they're like, I love this stuff. Awesome. I absolutely love it. Can you guys send a case out to me? I love it. That's I buy killer. this stuff all the time. So, um, yeah, I know Mags. Mags is dying for a case right nice. now. Yeah, so we'll hook it up. <laughs> I think we're going to send one out to him. Yeah. So, but, um, yeah, it's got all kinds of good stuff on here because it's low glycemic. Yeah. It's paleo friendly. It's gluten free. It's non GMO. And and here in Hawaii, GMO is everything. Yeah. You know, we are just so non GMO with you've got big companies like Dole and Monsanto and that, mm -hmm. you know, are just destroying our people and destroying everything about our yeah. food sources. Yeah, it's scary. It's really scary. Yeah, yeah. So we all kind of try to do our part, you know, and uh I mean the best way to to kind of fight that kind of insurgence of 
conventional mainstream type of farming is to not buy their products. Yeah. You know, to support local and organic as much as possible. You know, it's better to support a local non-organic farm than, you know, a non-local non-organic farm. Of course, you want to support local as much as possible. But if you can support an organic farm on top of that, that just takes it to that next level, you know. Mm. And it's hard and it's tough to become organic in the farming world. And and a lot of these farmers aren't certified organic yet because they have a time period that they have to wait before their soil is considered safe to plant certified organic produce. So they have to go through this, you know, seven-year waiting process basically to to purge the soil of all the stuff that was in there. Right. So during this time, they're kind of in this limbo, but eventually it will happen. You and know? is that actually purging the soil? Well, you know. It's, it's tough, it's, man. It's, it's, coming from a guy that's built golf courses mm-hmm. for a living and you know being on mm-hmm. the maintenance side of it, mm-hmm. the amount of chemicals, you know, nowadays – be, we're so aware of these chemicals um, that we've started creating more organic golf mm-hmm. courses, mm-hmm. you know, more that are um, uh, Audubon Society sanctioned golf courses, right. which are just all about protecting the environment. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. going to build something there, we're going to protect everything else that's around it, yeah. including the wildlife, the the foliage, the mm-hmm. ocean, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of golf courses are taking that in now when they're building and designing golf courses. Cause I've, I know after all the years I've worked on some of these courses where I had to remodel them and they're built back in the twenties and the thirties, um, the amount of chemicals that they have pumped into those things, getting that dirt, that dirt's been just over and over and over for century, you know, for decades. Yeah. And it gets into my skin. Yeah. It's nuts. It's so nuts. Yeah. It's so nuts. So that's why I'm wondering is yeah, seven years you enough. Know, <laughs> that's, by law, they could do it. I don't know if it's enough. It depends on what was in the soil. Um, there's there there are there are regulations on what is allowable to be purged, and there's certain things that are just complete no nos. Uh, this land is forever fouled. There's right. there's no recourse, and then there's other things that okay, they're, they they have a, a, a you know a half life that they could show of that you know, the molecular structure of that chemical, sure. da, 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 da. So I know there's um, all kinds of labs that do tests. Yeah, that right. Kind of stuff, exactly. Because we used to have to send that stuff out yeah. too. But. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, you guys right now, you know, we're a pretty small company, you know? Yeah. I mean, super small, like like me and Vinny. <laughs> right. And now those. Yeah, that's right. And those, yeah. 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 I uh, mean, we have some We're huge... on the marketing advertising side. That's right. right. Exactly. No, I'm we're... the advertiser. <laughs> But, um, but we're grassroots, we're scrappy, we're small. I mean, we use we're rural. all over. You're all over the state, though. Yeah, we are. We're 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 super blessed and privileged to have Paradise Beverages as our distributor. Uh-huh. So they're the largest beverage distributor in the state of Hawaii. Uh, they get our product out to all the Safeways, and Foodlands, Times, Long, Seven Elevens, Aloha gas stations. You name it. Um, they're you know the muscle behind the distribution. Um, and so we got really good penetration in, uh, Hawaii. You can pretty much find us anywhere, even Walmart. Um, and then we also do a lot of one-on-one selling to, uh, surf shop owners and Mm -hmm. yoga studios and CrossFit boxes. Um, so that's cool too, where we could directly talk with people and sell them the product. But we also have a distribution network for all the the big box stores and the, the main retail. So, um, and then, you know, we do ship direct to people in the mainland, but we don't have that wide distribution network set up yet because that's super expensive. Is it? So yeah. uh, are those are your plans though? Yeah, for to, sure. To eventually just, you know, hit the West Coast yeah. and then just boom. Right. So what we're trying that. to do is like, 
improve the model um, and create some scalable numbers. And, you know, then we could show like, hey, you know, we sell so many cans of green in each gas station in Hawaii. So if we go to the mainland and there's 50,000 gas stations times X number of green, then, hey, this is how many cans we're going to sell. And so that's the kind of like projections that we need to do to, to raise capital or get, um, you know, financial assistance to, to scale to that next level. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're just trying to build a solid business case right now for that. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's huge. So um, I'm excited because we've got some cool uh, little promos that are coming up here. Yeah, and I think you want to introduce one right now. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, I put my money where my mouth is. You know, it's, I want to give three cans of green to anyone who wants to try it for free. Um, all I ask is that you pay the shipping, and so it's it's basically a, a three can trial pack that we have on the website. Uh, you, you use a promo code Dozer three. So that's Dozer three. That's and you enter that promo code in, and then it's going to knock the price of the three can trial, which is normally seven dollars and ninety five cents, to zero. You pay the U.S. Postal Service, which is I think five seventy five for the shipping. That's flat rate. And that's uh, anywhere in the anywhere US. in the U.S. And and that's what the government charges me to ship it. So there's zero money being made uh, on our part. Um, and that's it. You know, and they it's, people could try it for free. They just pay that shipping. You know, for less than a you know, a foo-foo cup of coffee at some uppity-up uh, coffee or, shop. You know, right. they, they could, you know, they could try three cans of green, train with it or pre-adventure with it for, you know, three occasions. And uh-huh. then, and if they like it, then awesome. If not, then, you know, they, they haven't lost too much. But um, that's how confident we are that people will be stoked on the product. And yeah. Well, I'm really, really stoked on this stuff. And I know once anybody tries it, they're going to be stoked on it too because um, it, it's, it's such a nice change to switch out from these big name brand energy drinks mm. to to have something that does the exact same thing that gives you that boost on a cleaner level mm-hmm. um, that is good for you, you know, makes and, a humongous difference and doesn't drop you on the floor after a couple hours, right? Exactly. There's no like massive drop, and that's that's what the like the main feedback that we get from from our customers is we love the way it makes us feel and it doesn't like drop us off a cliff after a couple hours. It's just, it's very sustainable energy and it's because of the things that we put in it, you know, uh-huh. and you know, it, the things like 12 grams of sugar, you know, people are like, Oh, well, why do you have sugar? Just make it sugar free. I said, well, we want you to have energy. Oh no, I drink an energy drink that has zero calories. I go, Hmm. Do you remember like the unit of measurement for energy? What, what is that? Remember you learned it in school. Oh, calorie, right? Yeah. So if it has zero calories, there's zero energy. It's just stimulants. And right. people trip on that. They're like, oh, I never thought about that. So yeah, that's why there's 12 grams of sugar because it's the same as eight ounces of whole milk or eight ounces of coconut water out of a tree. You know, like right. you crack open the nut, you pour eight ounces of coconut water and it's going to measure out the 12 grams of sugar. It's kind of like nature's level. Uh-huh. And so, you know, yeah, it's it's, we put a lot of effort into the formulation to, to make it work, you know, and, and not crash you out with the, the sugar spike or the, all the chemicals. Well, I just saw a study that was done um, by the military, and they said that, you know, majority of the people of their active servicemen and stuff, uh, mm-hmm. men and women, who, hey, thank you guys for everything that yes. you do for us. You know, that's... Appreciate your service. There's, there's not enough we can say to thank you guys. Um, but... They, you know, they want to be top game to -hmm. perform for us. Mm -hmm. And so they're out there on a daily deal pounding 
you know, I don't want to name these other ones, mm. you know, but you guys all know the names of mm. these energy drinks and, um, and they pound them and they find that more people fall asleep mm-hmm. now on the job after taking them because mm-hmm. they're, they're pounding them every single day yeah. and it's all those synthetic chemicals. Mm-hmm. You know, synthetic uh, things like taurine Mm -hmm. and whatever else they Mm -hmm. put into those things. You know, you know better than I do. And, you know, it'd be really good to get this out to the military. Yeah. well, Especially to like the green berets. Right. (laughs) 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 But yeah, no, in fact, we actually have it um, available to our troops. Uh, It's it's in the military system, in the NEX, uh, in in the um, exchange of the commissary. commissary, Yeah. And a lot of the uh, military um, uh, commanders on on the bases are are severely restricting the amount of energy drink sales that could take place on base because they realize it's a real health problem. Yeah. Um, They love green, of course, because we don't we're not legally uh, an energy drink um, because we don't have that taurine. We don't have synthetic B vitamins. We don't have any synthetic stimulants. So it's like a cup of coffee, a can of coconut water, and a vegetable like wheatgrass shot kind of all wrapped into one can. So it's all healthy stuff that gives you that sustainable energy, but not in the same way as like a a mainstream energy drink will. Um, And we have quite a few special forces guys that are using green uh, Mm -hmm. on a very regular basis. Uh, A lot of pilots. I mean, I'm a pilot myself, so I, you know, I, I, I help stoke that fire, but we got a lot of fighter pilots. There's a lot of Hawaiian airline pilots that are all. Yeah. I mean, we, we, you know, we need a little bit of help every now and then. So green's there, you know, but. Um, like we don't the, want you falling asleep at the wheel. No, no, that's not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, these guys got to be on point, right? I mean, if they make yeah. a mistake, they die or someone else dies. And so, you know, all of our first responders, you know, our military personnel, um, you know, these these men and women have so much responsibility that they deserve, uh, you know, proper equipment, proper tools and proper nutrition, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, whenever we can help, we do. We, we try to you know, extend donations and deep, deep discounts to all these people as as much as we can because we we support and believe in what they do and we feel it's just our obligation. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. Now, where can everybody find you at? Uh, So, you know, a good place to kind of keep in touch with us is is on our website. It's gr3en.org. Also on Instagram, we're drinkgreen.com. Uh, on Instagram and then uh, Facebook and as well. G R three E N. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, Facebook is a little bit wonky. It's uh, G R three E N. The number four life green for life. That was an early right. one. <laughs> right. yeah. uh, but you could also just Google search us. Um, and so you know you can see what we're up to on Instagram, Facebook. Um, check out our website. Um, that's also where you could buy direct from us if you want to. Um, we have subscription plans where you could order, you know, a, a month uh, supply for, um, I, I think it's down to about 50 bucks for 24 cans. That's free shipping. So you mm-hmm. get a, a nice discount off your monthly subscription. Um, and uh, yeah, we're, you know, on Doe's Nose website, we're going to have a link there. Exactly. So, you, know, exactly. you can link through there. And don't forget um, the promo code yeah. is Dozer3. That's D-O-Z-E-R-3. That's it. And um, and that's going to get you three cans for free. That's it. And then if you're in the retail environment, you know, you could pretty much get us in Hawaii anywhere. So uh, literally 7-Eleven, Foodland, Times, Safeway, Longs, Don Quixote, Aloha Gas Stations. Um, we're pretty much in most retail locations uh 
on all the islands of Hawaii. And if you don't find it uh, or the shelf is empty, because oftentimes it sells out, it'd be super... Which is a great Which is a great problem to have, but still could work against us. Um, It would help us immensely if you go, hey, can we... Can, can I speak to the manager? Hey, can you guys reorder green? I want green. There's none on the shelf. It helps us a lot, believe it or not. Um, yeah. And because when the shelf runs dry, if they don't refill it and a month goes by and we go to get more green to them, they go, oh, we're not going to order anymore. It doesn't sell. It's like, oh, really? It doesn't sell here? No, we only sold one can in the last month. And then we look at the order like, oh, because you like ran out two months ago. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> uh, so, but, you know, when our, you know, when our uh, customers go and help keep the shelves stocked, it's, it helps us a lot, a lot. And Absolutely. we're super stoked when and that I, happens. And I'm going to be carrying around a cooler with ice cold greens in my car. So nice. if you guys see me out at surf spots or just running around in town, hit me up. I'll let you guys try one out and uh, get you guys stoked as stoked as we are on this product. Yeah, right and, on. Um, super excited, man. I'm super excited for everything that's happening and for having you on the show. All right. Well, thanks for having me. I'm I'm stoked to be here and and part, uh, and part of the whole doze nose and part of the uh, the green movement. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm I'm looking forward to it. We're gonna we're gonna have fun. Yeah, we're gonna have a lot of fun. And um, thanks, Vinny, for bringing us together. And um, thanks to everyone for tuning in. And until next time, uh, who we hope. Aloha. Thanks everyone for tuning in, and thanks to my sponsors for making this happen. Each and every week, if, if it wasn't for them, uh, you guys wouldn't be getting it because these guys are the big support that I have to bring this to you. Um, if you guys ever plan on spending some time in my backyard right here on the Big Island, your first stop should be, without a doubt, Kona Boys. They've been serving up island life and Aloha gear since 1996. They're the one-stop shop for ocean fun. They operate a legit selection of local-style activities, including historical va'a rides, paddleboard tours, um, and lessons. And they're one of the only companies permitted to do kayak tours in Kealakekua Bay. So if you need rentals for boards, bikes, boogies, or other beach goodies, Kona Boys is your spot. If you need advice from trained water people who care about your experience in the water, as well as the health and preservation of our resource right here in Hawaii, then Kona Boys is your spot. They have two stores that you can choose from. They have the Beach Shack down at the King Kamehameha Beach Hotel, or they have um, the main store down in Captain Cook. Uh, they have all kinds of gear, clothing, accessories, you name it, check them out. Um, if you're not here in Hawaii, you can go to their website at www. Uh, konaboys.com and check them out see whatever they got and just for listening enter in promo code at checkout and you guys get 15% off with Doze Nose and same thing if you're in the store or down at the beach shack just tell them you heard it on Doze Nose they'll give you 15% off so um, if you guys are also ever in Kona you want to make sure you go to Kona Coffee and Tea it's where I go every single morning to get my morning crack on um, I walk in there, the girls greet me with a smile. Best cup of coffee on the planet. And uh, this coffee's so insane, they grow it up on the slopes of Hualalai and they roast it up there and bring it down fresh every single day for us to enjoy. And it doesn't get any better than that. You can check them out at KonaCoffeeTea.com um, and order some of the best coffee on the planet. Maverick Sport Fishing. 
Captain Trevor Child. Uh, this guy specializes in uh, quarter day, half day, three quarter day, and full day charters. Uh, if you guys ever want to catch that thousand pound marlin, this is the place to do it right here in Kona. Everybody knows the best marlin fishing in the world is right here. Well, this is one of the best boats that you could ever be on. Um, whether it's a marlin or just a mai mai or an ahi or whatever it is that you guys want to catch, these guys can help you do it. They will get you hooked up, literally. Um, this is a beautiful boat. It's air-conditioned, top-of-the-line gear. Uh, it's, it's the only boat that I, I ride in. It's the best there is. So check them out, mavericksportfishingkona.com. Or give Captain Trevor Child a call at 808-896-7985. Hurley Clothing. Um, Bob Hurley is a good friend of mine, and he started this company back in 1999. At that time, surfing was all about being cooler than the other guy and keeping it as exclusive as possible. With the launch of Hurley, Bob changed the perception of what surfing can be for him. It's all about positivity, inclusiveness, and making the absolute best product on the planet. And they do with their board shorts, the phantom board shorts that you see everybody wearing. And a big congratulations out to John John Florence, just became our new world champion. The guy's badass and just won Triple Crown as well. So um, uh, check him out at uh, Hurley.com and you don't wanna miss out on any of their gear. It's the best. GoPro. GoPro has been transforming the way people visually capture and share their lives. What began as an idea to help athletes self-document themselves engaged in their sport, GoPro has become a standard for how people capture themselves engaged in their interests, whatever they may be, from extreme to mainstream, professional to consumer, GoPro enables the world to capture and share its passion in the form of immersive and engaging content. For more information, go to GoPro.com or check them out on any of the social media sites, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Oakley sunglasses. These things are the best glasses on the planet. They've just came out with a whole new prism lens line that I'm loving, man. They have a for fishing, you know, and it goes back to Maverick Sport Fishing. <laughs> they have these deep water lenses, these shallow water lenses. I'm telling you, they, they block out certain colors that help enhance, you know, what you're looking at in the water, whether it be the fish or just looking at the corals or whatever it is. These glasses are badass. You definitely want to check them out. Go to oakley.com and get yourself a pair of the best glasses on the planet. Um, Deuce Jim, Deuce Jim, these guys, they're over in Venice Beach. It's my buddy Logan's gym, and I'll tell you what, it's the best gym on the planet. These guys will take anybody off the street, welcome in, welcome them in as a family, and uh, just embrace them. And it's all about, it's all about, you know, it's not your typical club where you go in there and it's, they're trying to sell you a membership, you know. These guys just want to help you get healthy and they'll customize a workout for you, whether it's uh, cardio or strength training, or if you want to go even better and you want to do CrossFit or strongman training, they do it all there, man. And, um, and, and it doesn't matter if you're eight or 80, these guys 
will customize the workout just for you. Um, Original Nutritionals. It's another one of Logan's companies. Um, These guys aren't your regular meathead supplement brand. It's just pure basic and essential food and supplements to support what they call a clean athlete lifestyle. My buddy Logan founded the company with a food-first approach, working with average men and women like you and I to the best action sports stars and team sport athletes in the world. These guys know how to do it right. Head over to OriginalNutritionals.com. Grab what you need for listening. All you got to do is enter in promo code DOZENOSE at checkout for 15% off. That's it. It's another one. 15% off with DOZENOSE at checkout, and you'll get um, some of the best stuff on the planet. So um, once again, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And don't forget, you guys can find me on uh, Instagram, Dozer Dave, Facebook, Dozer Dave Barnett, Twitter, Dozer Dave Knows, and of course, my website, dozenose.com. Don't forget to go to iTunes, give me a rating, let everybody know how good the show is. Can't work without you guys helping me. So um, thanks everyone for tuning in, and until next time, ahuiho.